0: Hey, hey, my dear friends. Welcome to The Skinny with Jesus. Today is January 15th, 2019. Got to get used to that. 2019. My name is Bevin Caramello, and I am the founder of this podcast, and I'm the one that you'll usually um, hear speaking. So, Um, last week we started a brand new steer, a brand new series, um, called Lord, teach us how to pray. Um, and we, we were in the book of Luke last week where we saw and read, um, the request that was made of Jesus's disciples, right? Um, the only thing that they ever actually asked Jesus directly to teach them. We saw in Luke chapter 11, verse 1, where they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. So today, we are going to flip back just a couple of books. Still in the New Testament, we are going to be in the Gospel of Matthew, okay? We're going to be looking at chapter 6, where we read basically the same scenario, but from Matthew's perspective. Matthew, uh, one of Christ's original 12 disciples, who gave up his life as a tax collector, actually. Um, He was formerly known as Levi, um, and he was a tax collector. He gave up that job to follow Christ. And, um, you know, I just, I love how over and over we see God use and choose. Um, the unlikely, right? The the least likely, or the lowly, sometimes the most sinful people—prostitutes um, and tax collectors—or maybe just the the weakest. Um, we see God choose those people, those who had no hope of ever returning to the good graces of maybe the religious elite, who have decided that they had no use for them anymore. Right? Um, we see that that Jesus calls many of them. And in this case, he calls Matthew, even though um, the religious elite and and the the wealthy probably of that time had written these people off as untouchables. But we see that God doesn't see anybody as untouchable, right? And he chooses Matthew to do great things for the kingdom of God. And Matthew becomes um, a disciple, of Christ. And um, I, I love that. Tax collectors were employees of Rome. At the time, when Jesus enters into the picture, um, Israel is under Roman rule. And so they're living somewhat peacefully together, but Israel's not free. And so the tax collectors were enemies of Israel, even though they were Israelites. These tax collectors are taking money from the people of Israel and giving it to Rome. So Matthew was not looked on very favorably um, by his people. Um, but yet we see that God chooses Matthew in this case, right? So turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 6. I'm going to read verses 5 through 8 for us, okay? Okay. And when you pray, do not keep babbling on like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Okay, so these are our our, our main verses for today. And we're gonna this for most of this series, we're gonna be starting out in the book of Matthew right here in chapter six. Um these people that, that Matthew's talking about here, these were Pharisees who wanted to be seen praying, okay? It was like a sign to others that they were more righteous than other people, okay? And they're praying these long-winded prayers. They're standing out on the street corners. or are very visible in the middle of the synagogues. Um, and, and, and they're just going on forever and ever and ever. Um, and there's nothing really wrong with long prayers, but in this instance, God knew their hearts, okay? They were praying to be seen by men. They wanted to be seen as more righteous than other people, okay? And so when we read this, I think it, it should force us to ask the question, um, when I'm praying, what audience do I seek? Is it man's or is it God's? Am I coming before the Lord because I desire to be in His presence? Or am I desiring to appear a certain way before others? Am I just desiring to appear righteous? Am I just praying because I know that's what I'm told I'm supposed to do? Or is it truly from a place in my heart that's desiring to be in the presence of God? And it's an interesting question, right? Because – I think it can easily spill over into other areas of our lives too. If we think about it, you know, the way that we worship, um, maybe um, the way that we serve, whether it be in our church or in our kids' schools, um, at the food bank, wherever it is, are we doing those things to serve the Lord or are we doing it so other people will see us serving the Lord? You see what I'm getting at? Um, Same thing with giving and tithing. Am I giving out out of gratitude, out of worship? Because... I love the Lord and this is what he's commanded me to do? Or am I giving lots of money so that other people will see me give the money? What audience do I seek? Whose approval are we after? This is a heart issue, right? It's not about location. It's not about where we pray. Although in verse 6 here, we do see Jesus says, go into your room because he's, he's trying to direct these people to In other words, if you can't pray it in private, why are you praying it? That's why he's saying go into your room. But it's not so much about location. It's much more about our hearts, right? If we are doing anything spiritual or doing anything for the service of the Lord, hoping that someone other than God will see it or notice us doing it, we need to confess that we need to ask the lord to change us there change us in that place deep in our heart that's desiring this approval of men rather than the approval of god so i um i just love the way um god um, leads me and guides me to what he wants for these messages. Oftentimes I think it's going to go one direction and the day before or the day of or the hour before I'm supposed to record, um, he leads me to someplace totally um, different altogether than what I thought we were doing. And um, Yesterday I just woke up with this song on my heart. It was in my head just playing it over and over and over again. And it's uh, It was the chorus from a song that I I remember it being sung in my church. I mean, as a as a child from my childhood. And um, the chorus goes like this. It says, better is one day in your courts. It's talking about being in the in the court of the Lord. The psalmist here, he's talking he's saying this to God. Better is one day in your courts, better is one day in your house than thousands elsewhere. And I just couldn't get it out of my head, and so I finally, you I know, stopped and and I prayed about it, and then I searched in my Bible app, and and there it was, it popped up, um, Psalm eighty four. I want to read it for you guys. If you want to turn with me, I'll give you a second. Um, turn with me to Psalm eighty four. Um, and I love what we see here because um, this psalm is a prayer, um, as as many of them are it's a it's a prayer to god the psalmist in uh, verse 8 he says hear my prayer O lord god almighty the psalmist is desiring to be in the presence of god and if we look down at verse 10 right there the the way god directed me the way he got me to this psalm for us for this message verse 10 says better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere you guys i love um i just love that partly because it took me back to memories of singing in church from my childhood um but i love what's really being said here Um, if you think about it being in the court of a king back then when the psalmist was writing this is basically Um, When you were in the court of the king, you were desiring to be in the presence of the king, right? Or the company of the king. You You were close to the king. And this is what the psalmist is saying. He's saying it's better to have just one day in the court of the king. Better one day in your courts, Lord, than a thousand days without you. It's so simple, this, this prayer. It's a desire to be in the presence of our King, in the presence of our Lord. And it, it, I started remembering uh, as I've been meditating on those words and thinking about them, preparing for this episode, I started thinking about all of those days, thousands of them over more than a decade of my life spent in a pit of sin. Thousands elsewhere. I was outside those courts. I wasn't close to my God. I wasn't close to my King because I was separated from Him. My sin kept me separated from Him, and and um, it just so resonated with me over the past twenty four hours. Lord, better is one day in Your presence, better is one day in Your courts than thousands elsewhere. Such wasted days that I spent far from God. And these men that Matthew is talking about here, that we were looking at in Matthew chapter 6, they are literally in the courts. They're in the synagogues. They're at the temples. They're where the people would go to get close to God back then. They would go to the synagogue. They would go to confess their sins. They would go to... Um, sacrifice animals and repent. And yet here they are physically present, but their hearts are not in it for the right reason. And so they appear in bodily form to be physically present, close to God, but their hearts are far from God, right? They're not seeking to be in the courts, the court of the Lord, They're seeking man's approval. They're seeking the audience of men to see them praying. The appearance is deceiving, right? And here they are, and they're completely missing the point. They're completely missing the whole point of prayer. Our psalmist here in Psalm 84, he got it. He said, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. He's desiring to draw near to the Lord. He wants to be in the presence of Of God. Better is one day in the presence of God than thousands of empty days living for this world. What audience do I seek when I pray? Whose approval am I chasing after? Is it God's? And does my life reflect that? Okay, look down one verse further. I love. God used verse 10 to get me to the psalm, and I think this is why this is what he has for us down here. Verse 11, it says, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. I just love this. Do you see it? Favor and honor. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. Those things we're craving so much from this world. Men don't hand them out, you guys. The favor and the honor that we seek, the real stuff, it comes from God. God. God's the one who bestows favor and honor. And in order to receive them, we have to enter into his presence with a heart that's desiring to be close to him. That's where God says favor and honor comes from. It comes from him. And then keep going. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. No good thing does God withhold Do you remember how our passage in Matthew ended with verse 8? Talking about those men who are just babbling on, praying so that other men will see them. He says, Jesus says, do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. You guys, put it together. If he already knows what we need and he promises that he'll never withhold what's good for us, no good thing will God withhold. No good thing. He promises it right there in Psalm 84. He will never withhold what's good for us. You guys, the pressure is off. The pressure that we put on ourselves to pray the perfect prayer, the pressure is off. Prayer is not about the perfect words that we can never come up with, saying exactly the right thing. Prayer is about seeking Him. It's about desiring His presence. And His greatest desire is for us to desire Him above all other things. Hmm. Let's pray. Oh, Father God, Lord, we praise You. We come before you because we desire to be in your presence. We desire to be in your courts. Lord, better is one day in your courts, better is one day in your house than thousands elsewhere. Lord, thank you for being a God who desires us, who desires relationship with us. And thank you, Lord, that We can seek you in prayer. We can come before you with whatever we need to talk to you about because of the sacrifice of your son, because of what Jesus did on the cross. We can approach a holy God and call you Abba Father and we can crawl up in your lap and we don't have to pray perfect prayers, Lord. You look at us and you see Christ. You see His perfection. And so... We have the privilege of being in your presence. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that gift. Lord, teach us how to pray. Help us to keep it simple, not to babble on like pagans, but to just come before you and desire your presence, even if it means sometimes just being still and quiet. Because what we really long for is to be close to you. Lord, I pray for each person on this podcast today, each person that's listening today and in the future. Lord, I ask that you would speak straight to their hearts. I pray blessing over their lives, over their marriages, over their children, over their finances. I pray, Lord, that um, you would reach deep down. And you would speak something specific just for them through these words and through your scripture, Lord. Your word is alive. It's living and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It's able to penetrate deep, dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. Lord, your word, may it take up residence in our bones, it's in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Well, next week, you guys, we're going to be continuing in the Book of Matthew, chapter six. Uh, we're going to be heading into the the next verse where we see Jesus um, start what is now known more commonly as the Lord's Prayer. So join us for our next episode. It's titled, Hallowed Be Your Name. Okay, just to give you a little little teaser, what's coming next. I cherish our time together today. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. And in the meantime, you know, I will be praying for you and yours. Bye now.